Welcome to our new podcast, In the Hunt, powered by GameForge. Continue with the second part of the sit-down, talking all things GameForge with John Hobbins. Well, at the tour level, right? Now, now what's interesting is um, I got some video last night from one of my students who is in Florida playing, right? And I, you know, I went through the video, and, and early this morning I got up and I sent him a text about you know what I saw and you know how much better it's looking and everything. And here's the here's the, what I got back from him. Swing <laughs> has been really good, consistently going out there and hitting great shots, driving the ball well. Now this was a guy who was a hundred shooter when I got him, right? He said, "I'm still not breaking 90. I go out there, I par a number of holes, which I've never done before. I bogey a few more, and then I have my blowups with doubles and triples that ruin my round." That's that's, that's your the game profile, board. right? Yeah. So you, so you've got to say what are the what what is the source of the double and triples? Is it penalties off the tee, or is it again compounding errors? If you ever watch somebody who just learns to play golf, what do they do? They bunt it down the fairway, four or five shots, and then two putt. But they just can't get the ball in the air. They just can't control the ball. Right, right. But I, I just I think that's really interesting that you know. There's there's your typical 95 shooter, right? He's breaking 100 now, which was one of our goals, right? Anybody shoots over 100, you want him to break 100. And now our next goal is uh, obviously to get him into the from breaking 100 into to me, you know, 94, 95, 96 range. And then my next goal was another four or five shots. So now he's to the point now where if I can eliminate his doubles and triples and what's causing those, then I can go to the next level, like Brian was talking about with his son. So Again, basically, it just gives you that back to what's that's, important. Yeah, that's the roadmap, right? Yeah. And, and I think what we've done is and we call it the Forging Player Series inside of Game Forge. It's, we say a learning player is anybody that shoots in the hundreds. Um, an emerging player is kind of breaking into the 90s. So you're, you're wanting to take him to an emerging player. So what's really the most important? So inside of that, we're actually adding primary stats to that, which is saying here are the most important stats for that. Then we have developing proficient which is kind of getting you through the eighties. And we say, we have quick stats for that, that these, this is what's important for you to understand now. And then once you get inside of the advanced player, basically shooting the seventies, we move you over to full stats. So we have a stat system that kind of grows with you. Cause we, you know, if you're a hundred shooter, we, you, we don't need that much data on you. We don't need 20 minutes of data input to figure out what's happening. Right. We, we break it down saying, here's what's important now. And here's kind of the gradual, movement from from piece to piece so again like i said it, it's just it just as a coach and as a player it just defines what's what's important now for scoring and then what does that next level look like and for that player he he nailed it right so again birdies is not going to be a big priority for him he's like i don't make enough birdies well you're not until you shoot 80 so birdies again is so we're not going to talk a lot of offense we're going to talk more generally hit more greens which is going to help us remove bogey probably and if we hit more greens that means we're probably hitting it better off the tee which is giving us a better chance um to take away big numbers so again it's just saying what chess pieces do i need to move to get this player to reach certain goals and i think a lot of it is as a player i want to make birdies right birdies are cool but i just don't have the skill set or, or the performance to be able to enough skill pieces to perform. So I need to start addressing that and start building what I need to create. Yeah. Birdies aren't even something a 90 player needs to consider. No, I generally know. 
No, I've been playing a lot of golf finally with my son, thank God. So I get to play golf a bunch now, and I'm I'm about a two handicap, three handicap. I make about two and a, two birdies per round. That's what I do. I make, you know, roughly three to four bogeys, kind of. That's what I do every day, and it's just who I am. So me, as a, what do, if I'm coaching myself, what do I need to do? Well, one, I got I got to remove a bogey, but I got to find at least one more birdie. You know, I'm hitting because enough Because you're greens. a low 70 shooter. Yeah, I'm hitting enough greens to shoot par better. I'm right now it's just I gotta hit proximity wise, get a little closer, make a little bit better putt. So so for me as a coach, I can diagnose what I need to do. Now am I gonna go train? Oh god no. <laughs> I just play. <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm the bad player that you get a hold of. I'm not I'm not gonna work on that. <laughs> You're the bad student, right? But I know my numbers. <laughs> okay, so um in game four, you've created your own vocabulary, your own nomenclature. You want to share yes. some of the stuff that you do there with us? You want me to take that, Mark? Or you want that one? Well, well, the background to that is, you know, as coaches, we kind of started from scratch and said, what do I need to know to help my player? Like, what's the information I need as a coach? And we found that there, we didn't have all the information we need. Like, greens and regulations is important, but it's not enough information. We need to know how many greens are inside 20 feet because that's where your, your birdies come from, right? Because if I go out and I hit 18 greens at 30 feet and I have 36 putts, I'm a good putter. Yeah, you're actually a very good putter. But as a coach, I don't know that. So, right. so, so we break down our, our greens into what we call proximity rings, which is how many inside 40, how many inside 20, how many inside 8. Um, so, so we can have a better idea of the density of your shots when you're hitting the green, how many are real, how many are great birdie chances, how many are good birdie chances and how many you're just supposed to two putt from and get out of there. Um, right. So anything outside of 20 is a two putt. Generally. I mean, I mean, you'll make one and you'll make 5% outside 20 feet about, but, but it's, but you're just outside 20 feet. You really just want to be even. You just want to have the same number of three putts and one putts. If you're even out there, you're playing, you're putting great. Um, but it's really the 20 and in, which are the offensive numbers we need, especially with competitive golfers. Um, so, so we just, we just said, what, what's the information we need? If there's not a current stat in golf for it, then let's just make one up, which is what we're really good at. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're really good at that. And I was in poker. I was in poker mode. I was playing a lot of poker during this. So a lot of our names have tie-ins to poker at the time because a I lot of those percentages break down to what we were talking about. Well, blackjack's my favorite tables game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you have a blackjack. What's a blackjack? Blackjack is when you hit a green in regulation inside of eight feet. So right. that's kind of your kick-in birdie zone. Um, that's your best birdie opportunity. That's your best bet. So kind of if you understand the PGA numbers, at eight feet, 50% roughly, well, is, you know, roughly around eight feet is kind of your 50% margin. It, it boggles a little bit each side. But that so we said, hey, this is inside of eight feet is when the odds are in your favor. You should be making a high percentage of birdie. So kind of another stat we track inside of game forge is par five scoring. So what we've come to learn is where do you get the majority of your blackjacks from? It's not from hitting from 160 yards. It's from hitting it inside of 50 yards. So those are your go for it greens, you know, short par fours, par fives. So we track go for it on par fives. That's an important stat to be able to how close can I hit it? So that's where your blackjacks come from. A really cool dispersion thing is, is dispersion at 40 yards, the average dispersion on tour is 6%-ish, is roughly gives you that eight foot. So an average shot from 40 yards gives you eight feet. So again, that's why the majority of your shots from blackjacks come from par fives. So again, for if you're a coach and you're having players lay up, 
you might want to learn more about Game Forge and change that 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 teaching because again, the the ability to go forward is the how do you, again the question is how do I make birdie? Where do I get offense from? Disproportionately, it's par five scoring. So one of again, the things we, that, one of the things I thought was really interesting with that was that you developed a putting chart from three feet to thirty feet in Game Forge, and so if I'm a, an eighty four to eighty eight shooter. You could tell me at three, four, five, six, all the way up to 30 feet, what my percentage of make is going to be. Mm-hmm. And that all comes from the, the over a million shots of data you've collected. Yeah, it's from all the all the players that we have in the system. And I think as a coach, foot by foot is cool. But on the other side of the chart we gave you, we gave you distance spins. We said between one and six feet, kind of par saves, your percentage should be this. Right. Between one and eight feet for birdie, your percentage should be this. You're right. You bird, call those your bins. percentage from nine to 20 feet. So we break it into bins because one thing I know is players are really bad at distances. If you told them to get it four feet, some would they be at four, four feet, feet, some feet. would be at three, some would be at eight. Like they right. don't understand yeah. it. So if you put them in distance bins and move them around and it's kind of mirroring what golf is, this is what you should be performing. So to kind of give you a, a highlight, you know, I'll ask this question and it, you can put it, I'll let it sit for a minute. Uh, you can put it in the, the chat box from nine to 20 feet. Non-game forge members only can answer this from nine to 20 feet on tour. What do they average? So if they had 10 putts between nine and 20 feet for birdie. How many are they going to make? See how many are going to make on the PGA tour? dares to put their uh, answer on what they think that is. And then, but, but it's, it's definitely, it's, but that's what they need to train for. And there's a big gap between there and college. Very much so. The big gap in that make range between co- good college players and tour player average. Like and that, that like, like offense, we, right? Yeah. I mean, we find the biggest the biggest gap between college and pro golf is short game and putting. It's not ball striking. That's, that's the anchor. Uh, that's the phone call I probably have with more college players and college coaches is how can I get my players to be better? Ball striking collegiately tends to mirror professionally. Now, setups are different. Yardages are different, you know course all that's different but they tend to get the same amount of greens the same amount of impositions the big difference is that the professional is as converting at a different rate and i'm not going to say what that is yet <laughs> yeah what's interesting to me is the difference like you know in uh in those you know handicap like the 84 to 88 player you know at six feet they're going to make according to your chart like you know less than half of their putts yeah, and, and you'll also notice tour players are making twice as many putts at almost all ranges yeah. than somebody yes. who's shooting mid-80s. I mean, literally, they're, they're making twice as many putts. Yeah, the, the, uh, one of the things I thought was cool was like at eight feet, the tour player is making half of their putts. And what does an 85 shooter make? Uh, at eight feet, 28%. About half, yeah. No. About half yeah. of what a tour player does, yeah. So, uh, so obviously, that inside ten feet for the developing and proficient players is now now putting matters. Or not? Well, those are your par saves, yeah. right? I mean, those are that's. I mean, the majority of all their par saves are inside twelve feet. And so you would say with the higher handicap players, you just want to get them somewhat proficient at rolling the ball, but it you know you're not developing the skill set like Brian got his son to roll the ball. But you know, not too honed in on the skill set yet. But now well, he's a ninety shooter. Now they're now they're starting to 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 work more on skill set of putting. I 
I think it's all right to make sure their fundamental motion is good so that they're not so that three years later, you're not going, oh, man, we need to unwind this really horrible motion. But you're not you're not you're not dinging them on how many putts they're making yet. You know what I mean? Like you can develop some skills, but but you're not focusing on that to change the score. Right. My at that level, it's my ball striking. Yeah. How do I get to the green sooner? And and kind of when we're talking putting inside of six feet, why is that so important? Uh, well, we've come to kind of going back to terminologies and, and making up a language. We, we do something called P6s and P12. So that's saying when you miss the green in regulation, you're, you're on a par for your third shot, usually chipping, hopefully somewhere around the green. How often do I hit it within six feet or 12 foot diameter of the hole? So um, we'll, I think a big fallacy that people have is everyone says, well, you should average chipping it within three feet because roughly 98% of the tour converts at 98, 99%. You're always going to save par. Well, the problem with that is um, on the PGA tour, there's only two lie conditions and it's from zero to 10 yards from fringe and fairway that they average inside of three feet. Everything is outside of three feet. So if you're, you're expecting your players especially maybe 80s or 90s players to hit it within three feet, it doesn't happen. So what we've done is we said, all right, here's a P6. It's a 12-foot, you know, six-foot radius, 12-foot diameter around the hole, or P12, which is actually a 24-foot radius around the hole or diameter around the hole. And you can put them in different lie conditions and kind of assess what they do, you know, hit 10 shots. And then what we've really found inside of Game Forge, which is phenomenal, is pretty much until you're kind of at the 75 shooter, Whatever your P6 value is, how often you hit it within six feet is your scrambling rate. Those two kind of mirror each other. They kind of hang out. So the only way your player makes par is their ability to hit it to within six feet. When they miss inside of six feet, again, because the putting's not good enough, uh, they don't separate scrambling from the P6 value. So inside of coaching, a great coaching tool is if my player needs to work on performance around the green, start doing P6 drills. How often can I hit it within six feet? or, you know, six foot radius of the hole, or if they're not good enough there, here's a P12 drill. How often can we get within 12 feet? And then that, that again, those stats and their ability to do that, you can actually change their game. Because I think a lot of players are too, too defined, too tight of an area, or a lot, I hate to say it, most players just don't know. They just don't care. They don't know how to train it, right? They only when think I watch it on TV, it I see a lot of, you know, I see a lot of six, eight feet with the men and the ladies. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're tough little shots where they short side themselves. Well, you got to realize most scrambling is not from the collar. Most scrambling is 20 to 30 yards from the rough or bunkers, right? Throw your, throw your players 30 yards out in the rough and say, hit it six feet, do it yourself. Good luck. Good freaking luck. You know what I mean? Now tour players do it very well, but you know, people will sit there and they chip around the green. Well, that's not scrambling. I just right. tell you that that's not scrambling. Scrambling is 20 yards out in, in a, in fairway rough sand. Yep. But again, according to what you're seeing with Game Forge statistics, that that putting and short game development becomes more necessary as I become the low 80s, high 70s shooter. Uh, well, breaking breaking 90 for sure, it starts to kick in a little bit. By the time you're in the 80s, it'll start to kick in. Right. You have some skill set there, but you know, but then as as you progress down into the low 80s, high 70s. Now you're trying to eliminate a few more bogeys and give yourself a few more birdie opportunities. If you yeah, want but to it's fractional. Your- I mean, it's right. fractional. Like, I mean, literally from a tour average to a top 30 player, it's like a half a shot around. 
So, so you might get a tenth in one spot and two tenths somewhere else and two tenths somewhere else, and there's your half a shot. You're rarely ever getting it from one one part of their game when they get to a high level of golf. It's 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 fractional shots here and there. Saving a half a shot here or half a shot there. So to no, say. saving a tenth of a shot here and a twentieth of a shot there. That's <laughs> the low you get it, it all becomes fractional. Everything's fractional by the time you're high level of golf. There's no just putt better and you'll be a shot better. It doesn't happen at high level of golf. Right. So the the whole idea of using statistical tracking is to to know what to teach when. Fair enough, Brian? Yeah. No, and, it, and making sure you're being effective. Making, making sure, sure you're changing. effective, I think, is the most important part as a coach is, is I can show movement. Because sometimes score moves differently than other, other pieces might be moving. Score can remain relatively flat or do something kind of goofy but you can show here's progress but what we've got to show is over time all these pieces are moving and all the things are moving in the direction we needed to go and you know i i've actually told players to stop seeing me and go see other people because i haven't done a good enough job you know i've I've consulted with players all around the world all different levels and and it's funny when we break their game down via game forge i've done hundreds of these not one person's ever said we're wrong they're like you nailed it. And it's just like 20 inputs and you nailed who I am kind of as my DNA as a golfer. And well, this individual who uh, plays a tour, who's in the top 10 now. Right. And um, this, you said this uh, individual had like five in positions before five birdie opportunities. It was like five, five and a half. Right. And when you shared that information with that person who was a high level college player, by the way, right. Yeah. And well-known high-level college player came out with a lot of fanfare on tour and, and now is, has developed into the talent everybody thought he is. What was his reaction? Uh, the same reaction most have was that, wow, I didn't know that. I mean, I mean you're playing great level. golf. You're playing great golf, but just the hard numbers. And that's, and that's what we do differently than other programs is we're not giving you a, a strokes gain based on – a benchmark, we're saying, you, here's a hard number you have to hit. You have to have seven opportunities. So if you look at football, like, so I have a good friend who's an NFL player. He's like, you need to have the ball X number of times and X number of those times need to be inside the red zone. Period. That's how you okay. score, right? That's how you score. You get the ball and you get inside the red zone. If you don't have the ball, you're not scoring. If you have the ball on your own side of the field, you're not scoring, right? So it's a very similar thing. You have, you have to have, you ha at tour level, we know these benchmarks. This is what this is the number you've got to hit over time. Figure out what's preventing you from getting there. And then he and his coach went and dug around. And you know what? Six months later, he's hitting all his numbers. Yeah. And why and do you think, think performance tracking has taken so long to, to be a part of teaching instruction? Because you I mean, developed one. I'll give you my opinion because I didn't, I love data and I never kept stats before because it was too much. So the average stats program, if you filled out everything for a round, is like five or 600 data points. And like Brian said, you're filling out 600 data points and then you come back with and say, well, there's just one thing I'm looking for. So it's very inefficient. You, you put a lot of effort in and not get a whole lot back. And so we just said, what's the minimum you need at different levels? So if you're shooting 95, all we need is what's your score and how many putts did you have and how many penalties? That's it. We don't need anything else. Now, how long does it take me if I, if I, uh, so after my round, I can go onto, onto your website. I can, you know, pick, pick up my name. How long does it take me to input my round hole one through 18? Uh, if, if you use quick stats, which is kind of, so we, we break it down into like round overview, which is quick stats, how many birdies, bogeys, 
how many in positions, how many P6s, kind of that. Should take you less than 90 seconds to input. And then we, but once you get past, once you start getting into the 70s, now you got to go into full stats. Full stats is more hole by hole, shot by shot. So that you're looking at, I think most players tell us about three and a half, four minutes. So then you have a, you have somewhat of, for the higher handicap player, you have somewhat more of an, a, let's call it an elementary. Yeah. We have primary stats that's coming out. We're finishing the testing on it right now, which is kind of what Mark just said. It's going to say, what was your score? How many putts, how many penalties? And then from that, we'll figure out how many strokes it took you to get to the green. And just, we'll really give you just very simply kind of the, the, you know, an easier way into data science. Like, if you just put this simple information in, we're going to be able to give you tons of information back that's going to help you get to where you want to go. And I think, again, kind of what we tried to create inside of GameForge is we wanted to say, when we modeled the tour, we said, what does it take to predict score? That's basically our our entire premise said, we want to be able to predict score. How are we going to do that? So that's how you founded GameForge on that premise. That's kind of the ethos of what we did. Where most of the stat companies are more of a reporting base, right? I put in 500 data points and it gives me 30,000 data points from those 500. It interprets it, sends it out to you. So me as a coach, what does that mean? I'm not the smartest guy, right? I'm a little slow. So I'm not a data scientist. So I'm looking at all this information and that's why I'm digging out one or two things that I find important and I just go look at. But there's so much information there, but I just don't know. Or it's just not easy to acquire to get my player better. So that's, again, that's kind of the ethos of the side of GameForge is we just want to give you the answers. We don't want you to have to sit down with a cup of coffee and in three hours through each player to figure out what you need to learn from each player. We want within 10 seconds to look at the screen to say, strengths, weaknesses, here's where I go. And, and then that's what we created. My player can input the data, but the, I don't have to have them interpret, right? They could they could share their account with me so that, you know, I could go in and, and look at it and figure out, well, you know, you know, Brian Bailey is, you know, he's the 86 shooter. He wants to be an 80, 79 shooter. I look at all the data and here's where we're going to pick up strokes. Yeah, we have two. We have a coach's account. A coach's account can invite players in and you'd be able to look at all the players data. And then you have a player's account where a player could do it individually, where they can create their own and look at their own system. So a lot of it is coaches accounts where the player shares their information. And that way you can sit at one hub, big database and look at what's happening with each player. So, you know, again, it's up to, and then we do some team. So if you have a big, a junior elite team or something like that, we can kind of create, we have a college coaching model that we can kind of put you in as well. So there's tons of different options, a way to do it, but yeah, most of, for people listening here, they're going to want to create a coach's account with the coach's account. You get a free player's account for you. So you can track your own stats if you want, but, but really it, it, and then from that you invite the players in and the coach can sit there. And inside of GameForge, we actually have drills and assessments, and there's there's tons of information in there how to get players better. So if again, my player goes first, in there with his data, then I can look at it, and the system itself will assess to tell me what we need to work on. It shows you strengths and weaknesses by either scoring values or benchmarks, like compared to other players. So yeah, we give you all that information and saying this is what it takes to get to the next, next level. level and then i can select what i think is you know the the low-hanging fruit if you will that's from my why player. you're a coach you, you'll look at the percentages and say what percentage can i move them the best to help their score i'll you show know? you i'll show you a quick one here john um so this is a next level graph for uh this is a current pj tour player um broken out long game short game and putting so simple green green uh orange red 
So long game, everything's fine. Everything's green. So it shows his current values and his target values. So he's averaging 1.7 under par. We want to, let's say if we want to get him to three under par, which would make him number one in the world, ball striking's fine. Uh, scrambling, there's a problem. So just looking at that, scrambling is low because his P6 is low, which means he's not hitting it inside six feet enough. And that so then you go dig. So then you just go dig down and figure out what lie conditions is he is he trailing on and work on the P6. Putting is interesting because it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, his short putting, his mid range putting is good. His short putting um, for birdie is a little low. That's and his long putting is a little low. Yeah, his long putting is a little low, but his three putts are really good. So that probably washes out. But his short birdie putts are not as good as his mid range birdie putts. Uh, so he has to get better inside eight feet. Yeah, usually that's usually that's a speed thing. Usually they get in there, you know, six seven footer for birdie, and their speed changes, meaning they jam it a little bit, or I, I don't know. I don't work with them directly on that, so I don't know. But that that's kind of a red flag of okay, well, why why are you lagging birdie conversion inside eight feet, but not nine to twenty feet? Nine to twenty, even, his numbers are good. Or even right. if you look at his P six conversion, that's P six is converting par 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 saves right inside of six feet. He's converting at roughly 90%. We could see maybe a 10% drop from there because of seven and eight feet. Uh, so, you know, that would be in the 78. So he's definitely, there's a piece. Now, what is that piece? So why, what are we losing between one and eight opposed to one and six for par? And those are great conversations. Like if you didn't have this data, you this is not a sit down moment with your player. You just don't know. Well, you know, I they just say, think, I don't know, make enough. I don't feel like I make enough. I don't, you know, I, I feel like other players are making more, but you got to have this data to be able to, to really. Yeah. It's a, the, the feel likes don't get you anywhere. Right. No. Because maybe you're not like, you know, cause we always have, you know, we always have the student in front of us say, well, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing this really well, you know, or, you know, uh, my short game's really good. And, but you know, they're, they're, they're shooting in the mid to high nineties. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that doesn't tell me your short game's good, does it? No. Hey, you know, and and you're you know, and so we know we know that that's not true. But again, I don't think I don't think students lie to you as much as I think they have a perception of their own game that might not be as accurate. Just like your high level tour player did not realize that they didn't have enough in positions, you know, inside twenty feet to compete at the PGA Tour level. Yeah. Yeah. So this so this particular player has eight. And the guy we were talking about had five and a half. That's, a, that's, you know, that's a lot. That's a big difference. That's 10 to 12 opportunities, a tournament different between the two of them. So that's 10 to 12 potential birdies. Yeah. Yep. And you only need a couple. I like, I like I always tell my, uh, you know, you look at a player that's slacking in this position and say, you know, I work with a lot of collegians. So, all right, the best player in the country is averaging eight in positions and you're averaging you know, five. So that's three per, you know, that's nine over three days. So you're saying the best player in the country and they're converting, let's say at 20%. So, you know, they're making two extra birdies per, you know, per tournament. So I'm spotting the best player in the country already two shots just off a of ball striking. So I'm already down two. best player in the country. How, how good do you feel that you're going to beat the best player in the country week in week out when you're spotting them shots just because the opportunities are there. So again, it's just understanding that concept of like, if I'm not good enough here, you can't expect weekend. I might be able to clip them in a tournament or a round, or maybe a, I get hot and I can clip them over three weeks, but over an entire season, you know, again, it's, it goes back to that blackjack model. 
blackjack's there for a reason. You you know, there's a certain amount you can win or lose. So, you know, the, the, you can't you can't expect. You know, I think where John, where you kind of said is the player goes back to their best. Like like when they send you video, what they send you the best swing video of the bats videos, right? They don't send you the one where they top it and hit it six yards left. They send you the best swing, and you look Never. at it. Looks pretty good. Never that, this. This kid that sent me the video this morning, he was like, a, he, I think he, was, he said it was like an eight iron from about 140 yards and he hit it inside 12 feet. Yeah, it's right? terrible. What's wrong with my swing, right? And so, he's, and he's, <laughs> you know, and he's shooting in the mid 90s. So what do you think? I got the best shot of the round? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. that's the way, you know, and I would even say me as a coach, like being a college coach is different. I, for 20 years, I watched thousands of golf holes with, with some high end players walking the golf course with them, seeing what they do, shot in, shot out. Like I get that feeling, right? Well, but me as a coach, I was wrong. If I didn't have the data, right? Let's say I've been working with a player on a short game. Our, our goal all winter was to get better, you know, become a better scrambler. I'm not walking with him, but I'm watching from a fairway across and I see him miss a green and I see him kind of chunk one. I'm barely on the green. I'm like, oh God, no, right? And then two holes later, I see him hit it way past the hole and I'm like freaking out like, because I'm seeing segments are happening but i don't understand the whole picture at the end of the day the two shots that she didn't get up and down were the two i saw and one of them you know she was sitting in four inches of rough and the other one was if she hit it any further that it would have rolled off the green so my perception was she's sucking it right but the real perception was she hit her number and she did what she had to do to perform so the danger is if you don't have kind of that data background that's showing you what's happening when it's happening and why it gets emotional. And then we all know you don't make very good decisions when you're emotional. Right. So it's just, you've got to be able to strip away that emotion and be able to sit down and look at a player and say, here's where we are. Here's where we're going. Let's take the emotion out of it. This is what we have to do. How are we going to get there? Because again, like Mark said, you know, they, they look at you, how'd you put today? Terrible. What's that mean? I didn't make anything. Yeah, That means nothing to me at all. Yeah. Well, how right. can I get you better? You just can scare me. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, here's a lollipop. Will that make you feel better? Uh, you know, so again, it's it's what are these performances? Sorry, that was Uncle Brian moment. Uh, so it's, it's just one of those, like, what can we do to get you better? And, and I think the beauty of it is the system, the one, the one feedback I've gotten from touring players to college coaches, high-end players, is it gives you that language of performance. Like, when you're working on the range, we're working on impositions. We're working on hitting shots within 20 feet. There's a dialogue. There's an understanding of what it takes to perform. When I'm working short game, how often can I hit P6? You know, players are talking about making bombs, impositions, conversion rates. Like, it creates that language in a common language. And I think that's probably the number one feedback we've gotten from When we first came out with our new language, we got a lot of pushback. We don't know what this means. This is not conventional. We got a lot of that. And then now we get a lot of coaches going, this gives us a a parameter talk and understand performance and how to kind of get where we want to go as a squad, where we're trying to achieve. And we have tour players that are like, they play in position games. They're like, my goal is to get eight in positions today. So, you know, for ADD players like myself, I need to have ways to rein my, my concentration in when I play. So I set up a sheet and I'm like, all right, my goal is to get seven in positions today. So let's go. And every time I get it, and then if I'm, my day is wearing down and I'm not hitting my in positions, I'm getting, you know, I'm challenging more and more pins because I have to reach this number to reach my scoring goal. So there's a lot of fun activities and different games you can play, understanding this language and going to attack to get the player better. This has been a fuel production.